do you believe? This is Llewellyn the Fifth Foodie Man. Welcome to the Tales from the Sweatshop Podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. And first of all, I want to say, Tales from the Sweatshop, make your body rick rock. I'm in the booth, but I'm going to the tip top. This the podcast, but I'll make your body tip top. If you holler at me, baby, make your heart skip stop. Then I'm here, fucking go hard with the rick rock. See your body body right. Yeah, baby, don't stop. See you what you're doing. Yeah, six pack on the way. It's Mr. Thank you. Yeah, we have a great yeah, special guest yeah, here. Yeah, My man Travis Reed is in the house. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, Travis, what's up, man? What's up? So let people know what's happening. Right, all right, right. How you doing? How you doing? First of all, thank you for your time, brother. Uh, you know, Travis and I have been getting to know each other. We're both on the Believe Podcast Network, but more importantly, we're both ex-athletes. He has achieved a level that's much higher than me, of course, but at the end of the day, blood, sweat, and tears is what it comes down to. So, Travis, uh, if you would, first of all, let us know about you, what you're working on. Give us a little background of your story. You know, um, you, you, you have a great podcast. You have a great story. So we love to hear it. You know, let's get the people involved and say, you know, kind of who you are and what you got going on. Oh, well, I don't know where to begin as far as that. But, uh, <laughs> well, I'm, I obviously, um, you know, uh, I'm a former uh former professional basketball player. I played overseas 10 years. I played in Holland, Germany, Australia, Ukraine, Estonia, just to name a couple uh, countries I played in. Um, I retired about, yeah, it'll be 10 years uh, in 2023. Okay. It'll be 10 years. Uh, okay. I retired okay. in 2013. So to be around my son, uh, my knucklehead nice. boy. Uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, you know, we, you know, that's the right sacrifice if you're gonna make any sacrifice, right? It's for your kids and especially yeah, being knucklehead. Yeah. So that's that's really important because that's one of the things I missed out on, uh, you know, growing up as a dad. So to hear that from you, man, that's a wonderful uh, sacrifice and investment that you're making in your son. So that's definitely. beautiful to hear. No, definitely. Look, I, I I say this: I was blessed to play ten years overseas. Truly blessed. But my biggest blessing in the world, or I ever will have, is my son. Mm. Um, mm. you know, so like I wanted to be around him more, kind of teach him, you know, as best as I can. But like the transition from being a professional athlete to to working a job or you know, just being something regular, regular guy, or whatever. But the transition was tremendous to say the least. <laughs> um, you know, it got you know, most athletes, people don't know, most athletes after they retire, they go through a great depression state. Yes. Because yes. Being a being a former athlete yourself, you probably know about it. Um when I when I retired, like I said, I didn't I didn't have I didn't know what I was gonna be. I was a basketball player mm. for, you know, let's just say 30, 30, 28 years straight. Right. And, and, and people need to understand that. Right. When you start talking about life and time mm -hmm. and you say that that's not to be taken as a small feat. That's a huge investment of your life in a specific craft. You know what I'm saying? And for you to do that and then to your point, that is gone. That is a huge voice. So to your point, you, you are you're, you're seeing depression. You have a child. You have uh, other career goals and aspirations. And then at the same time, you don't have your homies and, and comrades around your teammates. You don't have the coach. You know, that structure, when it was gone for me, it was like, yo, there's no coach to be like, you got to do this. It's like, <laughs> well, your, your boss don't care. So, yeah. man, that's deep. Yeah. No, no, definitely, man. It was, yeah, like when you, like I said, when you're an athlete, you, you, get, you get a routine. And then 
when you don't have a routine to get ready for, it's traumatizing to say the least, you know. I would I tell this story to a lot of people um, just because, like, you know, people want to know how I started, you know, why, what made me start, like, doing podcasts and things like that. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, two reasons. Um, one was my son. He One day he questioned me. This is a couple of years ago. He asked me, Dad, you know, like, um, you know, how was your career? You know, and I said, son, that's a long and complicated answer. And that's, you know, it's one of the reasons, but my, another big, huge reason was my best friend, a player by the name of Billy Knight. Um, I've been knowing him since I was about 15 years old. Um, We grew up together, you know, Uh, I played against him when I was in high school. We went to UCLA together uh, for my first couple of years at UCLA. Um, We played overseas together in Holland my first year. Um, We were inseparable for a really mm. long time. Right. Uh, I played 10 years overseas and retired, but he played about 15 years, 15, 16, whatever it was. He played a long time, longer than me. And mm. pretty much he had retired for like a year or two. And he was just trying to find his way with the struggle was real with him. Mm. And mm. <clears throat> pretty much, you know, some things happened in, you know, he committed, you know, uh, he passed, you know, he committed suicide, passed away. Wow. And then, wow. And, you know, it hurt, it hurt me deeply because he was like my brother, you know, and we had our ups and downs with our friendship, you know, but not, not, I mean, he was always my brother, but like, right. you know, like as far as like seeing each other as much as we wanted to see each other. Right. Uh, but, right. You know, like he, he meant everything to me as a friend, you know, and, uh, you know, that's why, like, not only his story, but other athletes' story who's going through certain things. Um, like, it's okay, you know, because at one point I got low in my life. Yeah. Really low, you know what I'm saying? To where, and that's and that's so important to say and be yeah. free mm-hmm. and safe to say that. First of all, I want to say thank you for sharing that because that's a that's a beautiful expression of safety to say that you know that really that that affected you that way and to share that with me and the audience thank you so much and number two just to affirm that it's okay first of all as as an ex-athlete so first of all you know you know what you put yourself through to hone that tool right i mean we look at so many different things in life and we we look at people who are excellent at what they do and we don't think about the physical sacrifice you put yourself through to be excellent number one number two when that's gone and then you have different life choices and it leads you to a place where you don't necessarily feel like, you know, like I know how many times you go to your coach and say, man, I'm not feeling kind of mentally okay today. He's going to be like, okay, you can go sit over there on the bench, you know, but in normal life, you kind of need to be able to deal with that because there is no coach. And to your point, that's where friends and those relationships come to. So I know it's really important for you to not only, understand and share that with your audience like hey it's okay to be vulnerable and to not have the answers but you can get through this such as with your podcast such as rededicating your life to your son finding those lights and those inspirations and that's another reason why uh tales from the sweatshop i'm trying to drive that same message through health and drive an opportunity in your life because i went through a very similar thing not as extreme but i was depressed as hell when i when i lost my football career like you know, I thought that's why God and the great universe creator put me on this planet. And clearly that's not the case. I'm here doing a whole different life now, right? Kind of to your point. And if there was a way that you could have 
had a moment with your with your boy and sat down with him in in those moments of crisis and said, hey, it's going to be OK. You know what I mean? That could have given a greater opportunity, not just for him, but for everybody, because we all have gifts that we deliver every day. And to hear you, I know that's one of the things that you're delivering through an athlete's journey, like giving that real life testament of what it takes to be a better person. And so when when you talk about your experience and your journey, how do you bring that into your relationship with your son? Like, do you, with respect to your son, what is his age? And then do you see a path of athletics in his future? Therefore, how do you weave these experiences to his into his journey? Well, he's 13, going on 30. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay, okay, you're saying a lot with that. So. <laughs> yeah, he's 13, going on 30. But his experience as far as sports, I never pressured him to be what I was. I mm. think, uh, you know, sometimes as parents, I think we, not saying we, we, we put a lot of pressure and expectation on our kids and I didn't oh, want yeah. him to, I didn't want him to do that. You know, I wanted him to find it kind of want to come to me because once you come to me, then, then I'll put the pressure because you wanted this. Um, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't, if you don't come to me, I'm not going to force it on you and make you quit and resent me. Like if you want this, that's fine. But right. You know that, if you want this, I'm going to push you and see what the best you are that you can be. I think with him, it's like uh, the life lessons I've learned, I always try to give him knowledge. Uh, but, you know, since I share time with his mom, it's a little bit of a difficult situation to me for mm. me to get him fully ingrained to what I was doing. Um, yes. when, my, when my mom and dad divorced, I, I moved with my dad. And so ah. I was 100% with him. And he pushed me and molded me to the man that I was. My mom obviously helped, but my father was the main force driving me, you know, along with sports uh, and fitness to get me yeah. to where I needed to do. Uh, my son, maybe in the future, that, that's a possibility. Uh, if me and his mother could come to an agreement. But, you know, as of right now, uh, you know, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying mm -hmm. to mold him and guide him, but, you know, obviously he's, it's split, you know, time with me as well. Well, you you know, you bring up a very interesting point, Travis. And this is this is something very we have in common. So number one, we both have a son. My son I had uh when I was younger, and my ex and I <clears throat> were not together. It was just bad oil, water, hell, fire, brimstone, like Man, they know me up in courts by first name, dog. Like I got they got monuments to me, but I'm still a good dad. But the real talk though is me, I was an All-American athlete. I was a killer on the field. But why? Because my parents were all jacked up. So I had anger to drive that. And I had fuel <clears throat> in my environment. I grew up in the hood to get up all that kind of stuff. Now, my son, because, you know, I worked hard and tried to provide, you know, child support and all that. My kid wasn't hard. He was not upset. He was not pissed off. This boy... This boy didn't see a rat and be like, I'm a killer. He was like, damn, you know what I mean? Me, I was like, yo, we finna, we finna knuckle up. So for him, I knew he wasn't going to be necessarily, to your point, a great athlete. But to me, that's where I think a lot of the parents have that conflict where if we had a better structure of understanding what we want out of our child, you, you see what I'm saying? We get so caught up as parents to figure out we want what's best for our children without sitting back and saying, well, collectively, why don't we do together what's best for our child? Because when I was growing up, my dad was absentee. Therefore, my babysitter was football. 
You see what I'm saying? So for you, your child has a mom and a dad. Therefore, you guys have different environments that you are trying to expose him to. But if the ultimate goal was to make him a champion, y'all would have to be sharing, get him into peewee ball or basketball camps and all that kind of stuff. And I feel that sometimes as as especially black parents, we know that one of the greatest opportunities, unfortunately, for our people is through sports and athletics. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So therefore, unfortunately, we have to figure out a way to get our children involved in that. But we also have the other side, which is now this whole other social media and all these other outside pressures. So how do we figure out a way to give our children more focus on what they want to do, knowing that the opportunities out there are going to be hard no matter what you do? And to your point, now you have these other dynamics, like you said, this other half that you have to deal with and your son's mm -hmm. 13. So with respect to that journey, like, how are you like accomplishing and getting over that? And then how does that come back to a personal journey for you to really figure out how you can drive that as a, as a inspiration for what you want to bring to your son with respect to the conversations and the challenges he's going to have in this life? Because ultimately he may have a kid and go through the same thing or hopefully not. He may run into different opportunities and go, dang, dad, I wish I could have been a pianist. Well, how do I explain to you that the relationship and the construct of how it was set up didn't really give me the opportunity to give you the structure that you needed to sacrifice 13 hours to play and hurt your fingers so that you could be Mozart. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, how do you prepare for those conversations? Well, I tell him, and I just, I'll be honest with my son. I tell him like, I love you enough to tell you the truth. You know, mm. I love you enough to correct you. You know, it's like that old saying, if somebody's eating broccoli and they have broccoli in their teeth, you know, like, are you going to be one of those people that let them keep talking to you with broccoli in their teeth? Mm -hmm. Are you going to tell them like, get this fucking broccoli out of your teeth right now, brother. Right, right. You know get this shit out your teeth. I, yeah. And I literally, I told, I told him the same thing. Like, son, if somebody don't, love you they they don't want to correct you they don't love you mm -hmm. you have to love somebody to tell them when they're doing wrong and i'm going to tell you when you're doing wrong son like period and so you don't have to be me i tell them if you want to be what i do you have to be better than me period mm -hmm. I, I made it professional basketball overseas that's the highest level i went to if right. you want to get to the nba you got to work harder than me you got to do more up. i mean I would I was going to go back to what you said before, you know, when we grew up, like I look, I would say, you know, like obviously I, I heard your background, but for me, I come from the gutter. I come from dirt. You know what I'm saying? I grew up in South Central L.A., you know, when it was the yep. capital of the world at the time. Yes, sir. About 1700 murders a year, every year from like 88 to like 93 or 94. You know what I'm saying? So it was a lot of. Bloods, you know, blood. I lived in the Crip neighborhood, but mm. it was um. Mm. You was know. the cousin I didn't go visit in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Miles like, wouldn't I, let me go down. She was like, nah, you, ain't, "You ain't going to see your South Central fam." Yeah, I yeah. Like, like, she was like, people, "Nah, dog, nah." No, <laughs> I didn't see some things. You know what I'm saying? I didn't see some things a kid should never see. You know what I'm saying? And right. like, I never gang banged or anything like that in my life. You know what I'm saying? But I had friends and family members and friends of friends and things like that. So it wasn't nothing for somebody to say, oh yeah, you remember Tony? Oh yeah, man, he got shot yesterday. Oh, you remember Chris? Oh yeah, he got shot yesterday. You know, when I was 11 years old, my best friend was murdered, you know? Wow. And so like my wow. father, yeah, my father after that was like, I, you, you have to make it 
out of here, you know, because I remember I cried, but he cried with me, you know, because he loved my best friend. He coached my best friend, you know, and, you know, like my best friend wasn't even in the gang. It was his family and they was getting at him to get, you know what I'm saying? So. Right, right. Yeah, right. And so, that's so many times the circumstances of these yeah, choices yeah. back to what we were talking about with your family, with your health choices, mm -hmm. to be a professional athlete, to go through. Like, I'm sure you've had injuries. You've had <laughs> no, no on top of nose. You thought you weren't going to make it and you made it like all those struggles in life. And for you to come from the gutter and see those things and then to have your offspring. Yo, I'm entitled. I'm here. So I want to make this happen. You like son. Yeah, son, you ain't yeah. you ain't even you ain't even walk for an hour later. You ain't even walk for an hour later, son. You don't understand what it is. And <laughs> so I mean, you know, so so do you feel do you feel there's a disservice to your child by not having those experiences and coming through it, or do you feel there's a better way to get to your primal driver, which made you excellent? Well, I would definitely say it could be a mix of both. I don't think he needs to go through what we went through, you know, just because yeah. like yeah. Um, nobody should have to go through what we went through. I don't like I would never wish, you know, anybody to lose their best friend at 11 or lose their uncle at 12 or lose their cousin at 13, whatever the case. I don't wish none of that. All that happened to me, you know. Wow. So I think um, I think there is a humbleness, right, <laughs> that and a and a unentitledness of, mm. a, of kids today that we need to bring them back to that because wow. kids today are a, a lot more entitled. You know why? Because us as parents, our parents wanted better for us. So we did better, right? We make yep. more money. We yep. do, we've done more things. We can give more things. And it's a different time with technology and things like that. So Kids, yes. they got cell phones at like eight, you know, they got, you know, you know, computers and iPads and laptops. Super computers. Yeah. These cats out here building metal worlds. And I'm like, yo, this dude yeah. is 12. Exactly, so you're, you're man. absolutely right. You yeah. know, but on some level, all these wonderful advancements, I think, are taking us away from a core of what we don't have anymore, which is a focus on introspective love for ourselves which comes back to some level of working out, getting healthy, having a, a, a regiment or a systematic way of living. And that benefit from that is lost because it's such a quick turn society now. Everything's just like fast food, turn, 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 turn. And now I find that I'm as I'm getting older, that seems to be the way that I'm getting better in life by not being as fast. You understand what I mean? By being more patient and slower and taking it as it comes. And yeah. nobody, nobody, I wish somebody would have taught me that when I was a youngster, you know, <laughs> but nobody, they was like, dude, go get it, go get it, go get it. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, how are you bringing those lessons that you've learned into your current life? And do you feel you're doing a great job of stewarding your own knowledge to be better? Well, I'm definitely trying to be better as a man, you know, not only for me, but for him, but, mm. you know, cause I want to leave him a legacy, you know, like I think us, as a people, um, we don't leave legacies. We're always, everything is for us is like first generation this, first generation that. You know, like I want us to come from millionaires, right? I, <laughs> I want mean, us. Can, can I interrupt for one second? It's 2020 yeah. and you got cats out here talking about, I'm the first one to go to college. I'm going, yo, 
you're the first one fam? That's what I'm saying. Ain't That's America cool. been around 200 years or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, now, you know, now like, like I said, like this is a whole <laughs> different conversation of why that is. But, right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? But, like, but it's real I'm, though, but it's real. But it's a real situation. Like, why can't I leave, you know, I'll be a millionaire or billionaire, whatever the case, and leave a legacy to my son, right? Or be an yes. owner of a team, like be the bus, bus family, right? Yeah. Something like that. Like leave leave something of great substance to my son to where like he can pass it on to his son and then his son, you know, like that. I feel like um there we have to us now because the opportunity is us. Uh like you said, we're I was gonna say we're a swipe society. And <laughs> everything is swipe, 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 swipe. That's why like reels. And if your video catches somebody in two seconds, it has 500,000 views or whatever the case is. Right. Because it's like with two seconds, boom. Like, um, But I think, like you said, if we can slow it down and just kind of like think about that, think about legacy, think about, you know, your your, your, your future. Um, mm. it's, it could be something that that helps us in the long run because people who got the money, the real, real money, they didn't make it overnight. It took them a long time to build that business. You know, the the Zuckerbergs, the the you know Warren Buffetts, the you know what I'm saying a guy who owns Amazon, yeah, uh, right. You know, e, you know Elon Musk, those kind of guys, like they didn't become billionaires overnight. You know, like it's, right. it's it was a daily process, and then when they hit, they hit, and they continue to hit. You know, see, that's the key, and that's the thing that I've been trying to teach people through working out. So with respect to you, how often do you work out? Like, are do you still maintain a, a structure that you say emulates what you experienced to get to the highest level? Or have you adjusted it to a point where you're like, yo, I'm a little older and I just want to maintain a certain thing? Or or what drives you to kind of keep that health? Because to your point, if if you rich and you not healthy, what the what the fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I saw that. I literally saw that thing that they did, like, the Diddy thing where Blood was like, oh, yeah, everybody want to be a baller rich, right? And then he went through. He said, hey, we're in your top five. And then he broke it down. And I was like, yo, Blood hitting. He hitting this shit on the head because it's true. But all we do is chase the Bentley and this and all that. So how much do you do you have that conversation with yourself, like, about what you're trying to accomplish and, and how hard has it been on you? Because you've seen experiences that emulate a higher level of success that some people will never even even get close to going to a game you know what i mean rather than you've been behind the curtain yeah no no i would say okay well let's go back like to the working out part i try to work out about you know five to six days a week uh just depending you know situation wow. most most of the time six I, I usually take a sunday off or unless i go i might hit my treadmill or something like just to do a walk you know, mm -hmm. walk on a treadmill for 45 minutes or whatever the case is. Um, but I try to I try to work out, you know, you know, like I said, minimum at the bare minimum five, but most times six uh, days wow, a week okay. because it's a situation where it's a routine for me. You know, like um, I hate to do it sometimes. Sometimes I'm tired as hell. But I got to get <laughs> at least one workout in a day. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I, try, I try to get two. Uh, yeah. Two or like one in the morning early and then one at night. Uh, just depending on the situation, but like, uh, but a, a minimum one, right? Okay. Um, and so for me, that's a routine. Uh, and like, I think that building a routine such as working out, right? It can maintain your focus in life um, because you have something like working out is sometimes a chore. 
because sometimes mm. I don't want to get up at five in the morning to go work out at six, you know, or I don't want to do it. You know, sometimes I'm like, man, forget it, you know, or right. whatever case is. And then, but I, I, okay, I'll make it up at night, you know, but I'm going to work out, you know, like a whole day without working out. I feel uh, weird unless I'm like super tired, you know? Mm, mm. And, and uh, if that's, if that's boxing, if that's playing basketball, if that's just, you know, hitting the treadmill, hitting the weights, or if that's going on a, on a, on a hike, you know, on a Saturday mm. morning kind of thing. Right. It just, it, just, it, just, it just depends, like doing something and being that's consistent. Saying, active and being consistent. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and then also what I heard in there is that you're not giving yourself the excuse. You're not giving yourself the out. You're holding yourself accountable. Even that's, if you why, say, that's why I bought the treadmill for the house. No excuse. Right. Right, right. Exactly. Well, well, suckers got that thing in their house, man. It ain't nothing but a damn laundry. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, no I, excuse. I didn't went to Cat's house and I'm like, yo, you got a $3,000 Peloton. That thing dusty as hell, son. You're like, yeah, I know. I'm like, so that's like, like for me, when I was in people don't believe, I, I was 422 pounds when I just like was like, I didn't care. But then I hit this COVID thing. And to your point, I just got outside. I was doing push ups, sit ups, and walking around the block. And then the diet. So, like, I know for you, because being a basketball player, your cardio was off the chart. Like y'all, right. you know what I'm saying? Like that's one of the things as a football player, I used to be jealous of you. I was like, these cats is running like a motherfucker. Like I can't, I can't <laughs> deal with that, right? So how do you feel now? Like, do you think, you, do you ever go back that, to that place in your mind and be like, yo, I'm going to bring this back? Or are you just like, dude, like this shit right here? Like, nah. <laughs> no, look, I, I can't. It's impossible to do what I was. I mean, when I was playing professional basketball over, you know, when I was overseas, when I would come home, I was working out, you know, for basically six or seven hours, you know, five days a week and then on the weekend, a couple of hours. Mm. You know? So I was paying people to train me because I knew my body was my was my moneymaker. If I stayed in right. great shape, I didn't have to go into the season, you know, because I would say, you know, for basketball, especially if you go overseas, they expect you to be in shape you know, good right. shape from the beginning, like when you get there. Yeah, um, not like here, training camp to give you two weeks yeah, or whatever. Yeah, like, they give right, you cool. time to kind of work yeah, your way in because yeah. they can't cut you. Um, in Europe, it's a series of one-year deals. Ah, and, you know, people okay. don't realize like the European light basketball is the hardest basketball because they give you one-year deals. Now, if you kill in a one-year deal and you stay with a country for three, four years, then you have some equity. So if one team cuts you, maybe another team pick you up, right? Uh, okay. Um, but in all honesty, with a European contract, it's literally a one-year deal. And sometimes what happens is if you're not playing up to snuff or if you're not playing the way they want you to play, they will cut yeah. you midseason. At wow. You know, wow. they'll cut you in the beginning of the season. Sometimes you think it's a guaranteed contract and you're on a two-week tryout or whatever. So – if people don't oh, realize it's a different game, like, it's it's a a different, game over it's there. Different game over there. So, like, you have to be, you know, ready. So, like, when I, you know, obviously not in the beginning, but when I first, um, when I first uh, got some money, I started spending money on my, you know, on my, you know, stay in shape on my body. Yeah. Um, I obviously got to do that now. It's just like a natural, like, just like, okay, I just want to sweat kind of thing. Yeah. Make sure I sweat yeah. and make sure I just, you know, do something to make me sweat. Well, you had to evolve your mind in order to get to a place so you could actually get the benefit of working out. Because to your point, like 
at this age, I didn't thought I could be back in my 20s. And I didn't pull my leg and said, OK, yo, my leg, I'm all right. Let me go and it dial this back, you know, or they, you know, mess around and pull a, a shoulder bicep muscle. You like, yo, this thing been hurting for three weeks. So that's why now as an older man, to me, it's about, to your point, consistency, yeah, being flexible enough to do different things and keep it interesting and the diet. Like, what do you eat on a normal basis? Like, like. You know, are you, are you cooking for yourself a lot or do you order a lot of like uh, meal prep or what do you say makes it easy for you? Uh, OK, well, you know, pretty much uh, I, I, you know, I'll go back a little bit. I I was big. I got real big after I retired. I was commuting from where I live to L.A., which is like, you know, in the morning, it's like an hour and a half, almost two hours. And mm. I was eating, you know, stuff to keep me awake, you know, on the freeway. And so, like, I would have candy and, you know, like. I'm a territory manager. So I, I go to different places and different stores and the managers of stores are offering me juice, or candy <laughs> or soda, whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. I can use that to stay awake. So I got real big mm. and uh, I went to the doctor one day just to get a checkup. You know, my, my, my ex at the time was like, you need to go to the doctor, you know? I'm like, no, I'm fine. Rubbing my belly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, the I'm, belly I'm good. The confidence. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, yeah, you know. She's like, no, you need to go. And so I went, and it was like, you know, they said like, look, you know, because diabetes running my family. And my grandmother had right, it. My mother had right. it. It's in my blood automatically. So right. he was like, look, you're pre-diabetic. You need to lose some weight. And so. That's when my losing weight journey kind of started. Uh, I started eating, you know, like I have a former grill, so I cook for myself or I eat a uh, veggie pasta or, you know, like some nice. cauliflower, things like that. But for lunch, breakfast is just normal, like a banana and apple and some yogurt, some Greek right. yogurt. Right, right. Uh, Faye is bomb. I didn't got into Faye. Yeah. That's some good ass yeah. Greek. <laughs> well, no, like for me, it's like I look for like the Greek one I have is about eight grams of sugar. So I, oh, I try okay. to keep it under 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 about nine, ten grams of sugar for me. Nice. Um nice. and so I mean obviously because with an apple and a uh, and a banana, it's enough sweet in that. But it's a yeah. more natural sweet. But for lunch, I try to stick with uh, you know, like I'm I'm driving around, so I can't really eat a restaurant, but like I'll hit mm. El Pollo Loco. You know, because it's kind of the healthiest chicken, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I used to hit uh, Chipotle a lot. I was sick of it, so I don't eat it as much no more. Um, yeah. But let's just say El Pollo Loco, I eat uh, Hawaiian barbecue. And so I like yeah. them. I don't I don't really eat the rice so much. I just get the more veggies. Yeah, and, like, yeah. The chicken. And try, to, you know? try, to, try to lean off the sauce a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really yeah. get the sauce ones. Like, you know, I don't get this. Like, I just get... You know, stuff like that. Or I'll go to uh, Habit Grill. Habit, oh, yeah. Habit Burger, yeah. Yeah. And again, yeah. I get like a salad. Uh, or yeah, like that's they have, yeah, they have those. Um, right now they have uh, the cauliflower, the like tossed cauliflower, uh, like garlic cauliflower, which is fire. Um, Bang it. Listen. I've been trying to put my brothers on. I'm like, listen, y'all need to get on this cauliflower. Y'all need to get on this purple cauliflower. No, nah, I don't. I'm my blood. Olive oil, roasted with some garlic. No, no, it kind of look. I'm a broccoli guy. I'll be honest; like broccoli is my favorite vegetable. Yeah, so I eat a lot of broccoli, and but cauliflower is good. Like if you know how to, I like the grilled cauliflower. Like you know, like you grill it. You know what I'm saying? Like I like that one too. So that's pretty much. Um, and at at night, 
I, I, you know, here's my like. If you, I know people can't see this, but like I get these. Uh, yeah, chips. the pretzel yeah. chips. He on the pretzel yeah. chips, y'all. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> nah, I get those a lot. Like I don't really eat chips at all or anything like that. So like I get those pretzel pretzel chips. You know, like they're skinny, yeah. they're thin. You can you know whatever. And you can't and, go overboard. Like you kind of like by the time you go stupid on them, you like okay, man, I done ate like a whole cement bag worth of them. So like yeah. after three or hey, four, you kind of it happens from time to time. If I'm watching football <laughs> and whatever, I'm, I'm there right. on Saturday. But hey, I worked out that morning, so I don't feel right. Bad. Right, you know what I'm saying. And for me, it was the big thing was I switched a lot to water. Mm. I don't really drink juice a lot or anything like that. I drink more water than anything. Yeah, um, yeah. So you know. Uh, yeah. So like, I was really like just kind of did that and switched switched off of juice and soda and those kind of things, and just kind of yeah. drank a lot of water. Uh, and the dairy, like, did you cut dairy out? Like other, like the other day? Because me, I had to cut out. Like, I used to be like an ice cream head. I stopped all that ice cream. I stopped putting creamer in my. Uh, in my coffee now, drinking black. Uh, so I just try to get like all the little extra stuff. I've been. No, to just... I, I was a candy guy. Oh yeah, I them Haribo candy. gummy bears. That was my fucking breaking point. Yeah. Like I, I mean, you know, you know the family bags that you see at Safeway that's hella big. I yeah. used to eat them things at by halftime of the football game. Bro. Yeah, I hear you, bro. Like for me, I love, uh, I love, <laughs> I love. Look, Skittles is my favorite, obviously. Skittles and Starburst. But like those dang hot tamales, hot tamales mm. is so fire to me. I could eat a box, like a big old box. Them on Mike and Ike's, I mess yeah. them up in oh. a minute. I'm like, oh man, I eat the whole oh. box. Yeah, like everything is good in moderation. You know what I'm saying? I always feel like that. Right. No. Moderation, like, look, don't, you can't go straight one way or the other because, like, then you'll go crazy when you do yes. get back on it. But just right. moderation of stuff, and like, um, I, you know, like, I get. Like, you know, if I want to get a treat or whatever, I get these big bars. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah they're pretty good, you actually. Know, they got flavors in them. And, like, you know, they got different blueberry, but whatever. Yep. Um, So it just kind of moderations of stuff uh, that I try to get, you know. Um, Excellent. Just, Excellent. you know, but, like, the main thing for me, and I tell anybody out there who works out, you don't have to work out for four hours a day or three hours a day. Just work out. When I first started my journey to lose a hundred pounds, I started just walking on the treadmill for 30 minutes, mm. you know, and that was it. Like I would walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes. And, and then, this is an ex-athlete y'all who yeah, is I had been to, at the pinnacle yeah. running, who, who probably could sprint a four, two forty and dunk <laughs> everything. And, and now he talking about, yo, to get right. I started walking yeah. like, like the basic I, thing. It's the wow. basic thing. Like, trust me, just walking. Wherever, like just walk. I said, walk for thirty minutes. Thirty minutes, regular walk, yep. and that's why I started at. You know, to build where I where I am. I'm not saying I'm in the you know best shape of my life or whatever, but I still want to work, continue to go. But right. like my main is, you know, my thing is like I, I just want to, you know, uh, I I just got another bike in my house and I got to you know weights. So what I do is uh, I try to just maintain and keep going and keep going right. and keep you know. Well, it's and a different game I'm, now, too. Yeah. It's a different game now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you in it for the next 50 of them. Yeah. Realistically, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. that, That's the thing. And that's the most beautiful thing that I think you are giving, not only the legacy of what you're looking to build and accomplish, 
the great podcast, the great work that you've done, the great work that you're continuing to do, the great things you're looking to invest in yourself, but ultimately giving the blessing of self-belief and self-love and working out and being healthy to your son so that he can not only bring that into his life and pass that down as a legacy, but he will live your legacy through his own example by being healthy. That's mm -hmm. one of the things that really bugs me as a man at my age that my dad died when he went in my twenties and I'm like, fuck, all blood had to do was like, to your point, eat some broccoli, <laughs> walk, get off the malt liquor, like seriously, like come on, dog, and you know, but but in my back then, we thought everything was a pill and blah 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 blah. So it's great to hear, you know what I mean, brother to brother, that you took self stock just like I did when the doctor said you got two choices, bro. Good news, bad news. The good news is you still alive. The bad news is you ain't gonna be alive for long. Do you keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, <laughs> you look, know? I, as a person who <laughs> look, I I went through my grandma and diabetes, and like my mom having to go to dialysis for thirteen years, you know. About wow, 13 um, years. Yeah, she went for, yeah, about 13 years, something like that. And, you know, like her taking insulin shots and, you know, having, having to go to the doctor so much and just, it was a struggle for my mother. Mm. Um, I never mm, wanted to go mm, through mm. that, even being a pre-diabetic, you know, because of my the bloodstream. Um, it's the same with my grandma, you know, like they, mm -hmm. my grandma didn't get to the point of my mom, but she was a diabetic as well. So I just, I don't want that for myself. I don't want that for my son. Pe people don't even know, like, being a, the life of somebody who goes to dialysis, it doesn't just affect that person. Ooh, it say the that family. again. You know oh, what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Because, it, you know, it is not just you. Yeah. It's not just you. Like, like that's, that's the biggest thing I think we forget as people on this planet. Mm -hmm. Like, we, we so selfish in our mode, and then you realize your shit goes to shit. And you out here, oh, I'm so bad. But then you didn't think about the 35 people that you didn't destroy their life to because they trying to make sure you okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you don't understand. Deep. Like, my mom's in the hospital. She was in the hospital and all that. Um, like, you have to, obviously, you check on her. Obviously, you're doing all this other stuff. And right. like for my mom, you know, like I said, like, you know, she was on dialysis, you know, from certain times to certain times. Sometimes she would be in the morning time from 8 to 3 in the morning, you know, 8, 8 to 3 in the afternoon or and she would need a ride, or sometimes she would be seven o'clock at night to three in the morning. It just mm -hmm. all depends on the situation. Wow. Like that, that was it takes a toll, man, in, on people. So, like sometimes I have to get up at three in the morning to go pick up my mom because she couldn't drive. Right. You know, because like right. you know, like it's a man, people don't know it's a tough thing. Well, it's the same like, thing with COVID. I was yeah. telling people, I was like, yo, y'all don't want to get in shape with people dying behind. COVID ain't killing them. Them being out of shape and being not healthy with the yeah. COVID is killing you. Kind of like AIDS. AIDS wasn't killing you. It was messing up everything else and everything else killed you. It's bad. <laughs> like you gotta, like, you know what I mean? Like if you, mm. the point of life, I'm starting to realize I get older, just maintain a level of health and everything else you can kind of be okay with, you know, cause we all going to deal what we got to deal with. And that's, 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 I think the beauty of, again, your journey and having that self-realization and, you know, just the aha moment and really taking stock of your own and not giving up. You know what I mean? Not saying, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care. No, you was like, oh, what? Okay, I got to change this. And you making that happen. And like I said, you, you're doing great. You're focused on your legacy. You're doing that. So before we get ready to get up out of here, man, I, I just want to give you a chance, man. Please tell the people, man, where can we get in contact with you? How can we stay in touch with you? How can we support everything you got going on? You know, 
let us know, man. It'd be great, especially our Instagram and all that. And, you know, especially all the basketball with basketball season coming up. I know you got some picks. I know you got some hot <laughs> ideas. So we need to know. Well, uh, <laughs> you can follow me at Travis W. Reed. That's R-E-E-D, uh, Travis W. Uh, on Instagram. And then Travis, uh, Travis W. Reed on Facebook. Um, pretty much, uh, I have three podcasts going right now. I got, I got, you know, people don't see my shirt, but I have Travis Reed, a basketball journey. Listen to my man, three podcasts. Hold on now. Three. <laughs> Come on. Now, 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 that's some real boss talk, man. We, listen, we, now we get into a whole nother side, man. How do you, how do you brand and grow yourself? That's going to be part two, but right now, let us right. know where you at. So hold on. So first one is the athletes, the athlete's and, journey. Yeah. Travis Reed, an athlete's journey. It's uh, on the Believe Network, also on Spotify and on uh, iHeartRadio. That's one nice. of my uh, shows. Uh, and on Apple Music now. You know, they just, nice. they, okay. yeah, they just, yeah, they just expanded that. Um, I also have a show, Believe, uh, in UCLA with me and my boy, Sam Kenny. We both co-host it together. Nice. Uh, you know, obviously talking about UCLA sports. Hold on, um, y'all got to be stupid ass hype right now. The football oh, right team. now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Come on yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, football the football team, team is, like, is undefeated, no. number nine I'm in like, the country. Right. We doing like, our thing right that? now. We do. We doing all right. We doing all right. We got a big one this week against Oregon, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, okay. You know, um, and my newest show that I created is basically called He Said, She Said. Uh, it's about men, women, relationships, dealing with men with kids, dealing with single women with kids. It's an adult conversation where I have with multiple uh, women guests uh, to talk about like uh, different things. Like, would you would you date a woman who uh, had you know a particular past? Would you date a woman who been with your friend, one of your friends? Uh, you know, oh, you what get I'm saying? real, yeah, just <laughs> real, real conversations and real answers. I mean. Um, Oddly, like I said, for me, I could never necessarily be with a woman who dated my best friend or somebody close to me just because right. it's just kind of it's kind of weird to me. Um, mm. But maybe some people will. It just kind of depends. And that's, you know, different subjects. Could you date a woman with kids? Could women date with men with kids? Could right. you date a woman, you know, uh, with a, a high body count? Um, you know, those kind of things, right? You know, the, could those you call Ricky Jarrett? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Your boy, your boy Mom, like, wait, I was yeah, you don't know, that's what I'm saying, like, you know, you know, like, <laughs> you know, and that's pretty much what it is. I think, like, you know, like, it's a, I, I you know, we bring up a bunch of different topics for that show. Nice. That's what's called He Said, She Said. That's also on Spotify, uh, iHeartRadio, and Apple Music. The Believe in UCLA is on uh, Spotify, uh, Believe Network and iHeartRadio. That was on iHeartRadio right. as well. So pretty much everything's on Spotify. Everything's on uh, Apple Apple Music. Everything's on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, all, all three shows. Uh, also, if you ever, you know, like want to see the show, uh, I, I also have YouTube. So, That's right. Drop yeah, YouTube. So you, yeah, so follow me on my, my Instagram page, and I have a link tree, and yep. you can click on everything that I have. Not every single show, but... You know, one's on Spotify, one's on Apple Podcasts, one's on our radio, one's on YouTube, you know, channel. So yep. I, I got all those things going. And perfect, last, perfect. You know, last, thing, last thing, but not least, I just thought about it. If you were looking, if you're, you know, looking for a book club, a free, free to join mine, I have one. Um, 
It is uh, Travis Reed, uh, a book club journey. It's on LinkedIn if you have a LinkedIn account. Uh, All right. Yeah, yeah. So I have a book club as well. So. Who said brothers don't know technology? Shit, man. You out here branching <laughs> like an octopus. Pip. That boy said, I got three shows. We branched out. We linked up. Man, we booked up. Man, listen, first of all, I just want to tell you, man, first of all, play peace, blessings, and love for your time, your energy, man. It's just an honor to even have your time and really hear and learn from your journey and be inspired by you because, man, this is just, this has been an inspirational uh, time for me just to hear your journey and really just receive your energy. Second of all, I can't wait to hear this relationship situation because I got a lot to say. So you want to talk to like a, a, a look, an ex-baby daddy now, empty nester, your boy going to be ready. I got a lot oh, to say I, about yeah, that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? And the people for the athlete's journey, my next guest is uh matt barnes uh, so and matt obviously yeah all yeah, right matt, all right matt has the number one podcast in the world up in smoke me yes, and matt sir. went to college together uh he's on <sighs> espn he's on fox he's on you know he has a bunch of stuff going on so he is my next guest uh coming Dude. up this week wow brothers congratulations and applause i can't <laughs> wait to hear that episode i'm gonna push it out and let everybody know but first of all Man, continue success and blessings to you. Continue to work hard. Uh, and again, this is, you know, your time to shine and keep building. I love to be a part of your journey, the athlete's journey, because I'm an athlete, ex-athlete. But you know what? I think life is about athletics. So we, we got to turn the page on that and continue to stop trying to be athletes, but live in the athletic, societal place we live in. Because if you're not healthy, you're not going to have an opportunity. Your wealth is going to diminish, and you're still fighting the game. And the game is so much different now game is life so thank you for continuing to inspire us to win at the game of life i'm Llewellyn, the fifth foodie thank you so much for your time and we can continue to keep it pushing and uh this is tales from the sweatshop of Llewellyn. travis thank you for your time brother i appreciate everything yeah all right i, I, I got <laughs> thank a, you brother i, I got so many things to talk to you about <laughs> all right thank you my Come man you have a great thank day you. man appreciate you. you all right Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.